Stunt Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matthew again, and I am back with another special interview. This week, Rizzo and I spoke with Drew Harding, who is the co-founder of Metafactory, which is an auction platform for community-owned brands and custom digiphysical apparel. If you haven't heard of Metafactory, it's a really, really awesome project, as the name implies, affiliated with the Meta Cartel which is, of course, composed of a legion of DAOs or decentralized autonomous organizations. Well, Drew, myself, and Rizzle, we talk about the origin story of Metafactory, where it came from, what the grand vision is, where it's going, as well as the process of actually launching a brand on Metafactory. Right now, there's artists such as Twisted Vacancy, A Lot of Money, Skinny, Vans Design that are cooking up some amazing things for the public to see in the future. They also talk about how Metafactory itself is a grand experiment. It is a DAO, of course, but it's a DAO that is focused on manufacturing community-owned goods through the lens of an apparel company. It's pretty mind-blowing stuff. Drew also talks about the timeline of Metafactory in terms of the Genesis funding and when to expect goods coming out. And and as of today, you'll be able to participate in the Genesis auction for the Metafactory. So look out for that. One last note before we begin, but my audio quality on this episode is a little bit less than stellar. So a thousand apologies and I beg your pardon. Anyways, without further ado... I really hope you enjoy the conversation that Rizzle and I had with Drew Harding, co-founder of The Metafactory. Okay, we're live. Uh, this is Matthew, and I'm joined with Rizzle this week uh, with our guest, Drew Harding, who is just another robot at Metafactory, which is the auction platform for the creation of community-owned brands and custom digiphysical apparel. Welcome to the show, Drew. Thanks. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Cool. So I think it'd be cool if we could get started with you introducing yourself to the folks at Scent. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about when you got into crypto, what you've been doing up until you got involved with Metafactory, uh, and then take us on a, a journey into where Metafactory is going. Yeah, sure. I had many, uh, I guess, different careers and jobs and past life, but I've been involved with uh, tech and specifically software development for probably 15 years or so. Um, I uh, started a web and mobile application development company, um, actually a pair of sister companies um, uh, based out of LA. We do like a lot of nearshoring to Uruguay where we also actually have a headquarters now. And, uh, uh, mainly focused on media, entertainment clients, a lot of stuff in the startup world. Um, and in that, um, doing a lot of uh, kind of product development, product strategy, uh, helping others to model and understand kind of what the, the, both the revenue and business potential and also thinking through like the product itself and the UX, UI. Um, and um, yeah, obviously through like both of that and my, other interests, I got exposed to um, crypto, um, Bitcoin through one of my associates around, I want to say like 2013, 12, 13. Um, and uh, 
kind of, I went home, he told me about it, went home, read the white paper and, and basically fell in love with like conceptually and, and philosophically what this meant. Um, big proponent of sound money um, and the kind of faults of the um, problems within the current economic system um, and like that history um, and saw this as uh, a, a very interesting approach and possibly a solution for kind of uh, uh, addressing a lot of those issues and that are slowly coming to a head and will be more and more so in the future. Um, and then, yeah, around, uh, you know, obviously interested, started to get involved with mining, started to explore what could be done, which back in that time was basically a uh, dark web or gambling games. <laughs> um, and then come around, you know, 2016, 17, with on the back of the Ethereum ICO and the emergence of kind of the ICO craze, um, started to really see a trend change around um, consumer-facing use cases, actual business models, and uh, economic plays um, that you know were a, a change from what the, the past again of gambling and um, like dark web stuff. And got really intrigued and thought, you know, this is probably like a turning point for the industry as a whole. Um, Recognizes possibly like a dot-com rush uh, situation for crypto, which it, on reflection, kind of ended up becoming, at least at a, a valuation standpoint. Um, and so I decided to step back into more of a silent role in my uh, uh, the agency I founded and put, went full-time into crypto. Um, and started with doing some bounties, looking at various projects, um, obviously was doing the, the trading and ICO game, like a lot of people. Um, and then, uh, I ended up doing a wallet design competition and winning that for a project called pillar and, um, ended up doing some freelance work and then getting more involved with that project and actually joined them full time, um, as a head of product around the beginning of 2018 and I've actually been involved with that project and intimately and um, kind of driving the product strategy around that um, uh, play and that project uh, which is partial wallet um, but more focused around uh, personal data management and self-sovereign identity solutions and kind of like this general web3 portal dashboard um, and, um, yeah, through that work, uh, got really involved with the community, um, doing the whole, uh, community circuit and hackathon circuit and meeting tons of people. It's a very small kind of close knit community as you guys probably learned. And, um, <laughs> and, um, got really involved with a group, um, or in actually it was San Francisco hackathon, ETSF. At the end of 2018, uh, there was a group of people working on meta transactions and decentralized relayer networks and trying to solve that whole problem, which we saw as being like a really huge UX benefit. And um, that ended up evolving into what is now known as the meta cartel, um, meta cartel DAO. And so um, I was kind of one of the original members of that. And in all that kind of... Um, it's really like, and for those who don't know, Meta Cartel is uh, a grant-giving organization of a bunch of um, like-minded um, 
colleagues uh, involved in crypto looking to give grants towards consumer-facing dApps and, and projects looking to kind of further um, the UX around uh, crypto and blockchain uh, experiences. Um, and yeah, as that kind of DAO has grown, we've also started to incubate more and more internally and start to explore through kind of our own ideas and understanding how we could push the envelope a little bit more on some of these things that we're realizing have tremendous value and potential. And um, yeah, Metafactory is one of those kind of uh, incubated ideas or projects that have kind of spun off and, and be taken on a life of, of its own. And then, well, like in your own words, could you tell us what Metafactory aspires to be? And then like where, where it's at today? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the inspiration was really, it's multiple. Um, we obviously looking at um, scarcity and what that's, you know, what both from a web two and physical standpoint in streetwear, um, as well as like what's happening in the crypto world with NFTs, around art, around um, gaming assets, around virtual lands. And there's really over the last, you know, five, six months, there's been quite an explosion and more and more, more attention being put on that space. Um, we were also inspired by kind of what was happening with uh, uh, Unis Unisox and like token bonding curves and some of these other concepts. And it was actually a conversation in at Dev DevCon this last year in Osaka around um, – you know, we need some better like swag in this space, <laughs> and uh, you know, like we should create some crypto brands. You know, we should we should you know, find a way. Like, there's a lot of amazing design talent. We should find a way, uh, and an artistic talent too. We should find a way to like surface these things, and also kind of recognizing that physical goods um, are, are as a tangible kind of anchor serve a better way for a non-crypto native to uh, possibly get into this space and, and get exposed to some of these concepts. And, and it has more of like an emotional resonance for most people, whether that be a shirt or like a little figurine or, you know, like physical goods tend to have that, that like a really powerful kind of resonance effect. And so um, the idea went back and forth and, you know, started to evolve in many different ways. Um, and, obviously through our experience with like DAOs and community and everything that was happening with MetaCartel, it was, we started to look more at, you know, why don't we actually create, like make these brands community owned and operated? Why can't we use more of like a DAO structure to offer um, a direct participation, share the responsibilities and participate in the, the success of, of a brand? Um, and then, you know, also the kind of crypto tie-in and seeing the emergence of, again, virtual worlds and, and the metaverse and all these things that are happening, why don't we take it a step further and make all the physical pieces, uh, give them like create digital complements or, or matching digital you know, wearables in these virtual worlds or in a, a gaming platform or, you know, combination of things and really leverage the NFT side of it as well. Um, so that's kind of where like the digi physical piece came from. Um, and 
So where we've, where we've kind of netted out is, and we explored a lot of different um, potential avenues for how to make this happen in the relationship between community and creator and, and meta factory and whatnot. And what we realized we need to do is just make it really simple um, and solve most of the heavy lifting and the problems on like both sides from, from an artist perspective uh, apparel's challenging simply from a production standpoint. There's a lot of on-demand um, printing services and, and various things out there, but when you're talking about fully ground-up custom cut-and-sew constructions and designs, um, there's a pretty large barrier to entry to even understand where to start with that stuff and then the cost to get it done and make it happen. So we've established all those relationships. Um, we've built a, a technology platform that enables a, an auction to take place, which is essentially a, a crowdfunding of this brand. And we've, you know, extend this opportunity directly to various artists and creators and influencers themselves who already have community um, and say, you know, here, here's this new canvas in apparel and apparel is really just like a first step. This could really apply to many other things, but this, this was a, a fairly clear narrative uh, to kind of wrap, like direct uh, this kind of effort down. And um, yeah, we, you know, here's this new, this new canvas. Uh, we can take your designs. We can actually then allow the community to uh, buy in, support, and crowdfund um, the creation of this brand. And as a result, they're now given governance and ability to participate in decision-making uh, around that, um, that effort. And then they get perks that come along with that. Um, the membership itself is, and the brand is also like earning value. There's value accrual uh, coming into play. Um, and that's kind of the next stage, which we uh, like have plans for, but haven't really, aren't really speaking to yet. But um, the, the main thing is it's the best way, I guess, to think of it from a, an artist and or a community or participant standpoint is kind of like a supercharged fan club where uh, you're kind of buying in to get all these perks to support the artist and support the creation of um, these custom goods around this, the artistic talent that's behind it. Um, and then, yeah, you're able to also, again, uh, vote and participate in the direction as a result. The artists themselves, um, we're working with them to kind of supply a, a general uh, like style guide, brand style guide. Um, so that that acts as kind of the guide for and the set of standards for that brand. And it allows them to not have to be an extremely active participant in the sense of always having the responsibility of like designing the next piece or whatnot. Um, and the, the, the community themselves actually work from that style guide and they could submit actual proposals for new new designs, new apparel, apply existing designs to different types of apparel. Um, and uh, yeah, this is kind of the, the Genesis auction and the original creation. And then after that, um, any additional products that are created by that um, brand factory, they're able to sell them direct to the community, um, sell them at auction, sell them on an appreciating price curve. We've built a, a series of interesting auction and sales models that can be leveraged by the community 
So Metafactory as a partner in this whole thing acts as, again, the kind of technology partner and then facilitates all the production, fulfillment, and shipping of, of the goods in con- coordination with each individual kind of brand factory. You guys have so much going on, like so many interesting parts. Right. I, I think I follow most of it, but I'm wondering like if there's a way that, like for example, you guys seem to have partnered early with artists like Twisted Vacancy, a lot of money, Vans Design, Skinny, probably a, a few other artists that I'm missing. But if if it's possible to kind of give an example, picking like an artist or a designer having their brand and walking us through what the, the process is that a, a designer in their community could expect. Sure. Yeah. So an artist like Twisted, who we're actually working really close with, he's kind of like our flagship um, official artist outside of a meta factory itself, kind of releasing a brand. And that's more us working through kinks and, and making sure like the platform is basically all stable and everything's good to go. Obviously we think there's potential for that to be a brand, but anyway, so talking with twisted, um, uh, he is essentially going to be creating, as I mentioned, uh, a specific set of style, uh, style guide standards, um, using assets and artistic styles and things he's used in the past. Maybe he actually goes in new directions and, uh, creates a completely kind of uh, different look and feel. Um, and to that point, the brand doesn't necessarily have to be the artist's name. Um, the artists behind the brand, they can call it whatever they want. There could be artists involved in multiple brands. They could have <clears throat> multiple brands themselves. So um, that there is kind of, uh, it's a little open-ended in that sense. And uh, as we start to unveil some of these first auctions, you guys will see that. But um, he basically uh, shares that style guide along with what we call our, the Genesis item for that particular brand. Um, and we put this all up for auction. Um, the auction is basically a blind bid process. So everyone who wants to participate, um, they make a bid, which includes the, their membership, uh, this Genesis item and the chance to participate in the governance of the project. Um, the higher they bid, the more a larger share of membership that they receive, uh, which includes a uh, weight of governance and um, uh, the like basically like stake in the or ownership of that brand. Um, the at the end of the auction, basically everybody who's uh, won all the sh- everything's split accordingly. Um, they they receive their membership in the factory, and we have created a um, a platform uh, or like a series of tools to manage both the submission of proposals, the voting on proposals, um, and the direction of of like voting on and and guiding the direction of this thing. Um, the artist receives a large percentage of the membership shares and the ownership of the brand in and of itself. Metafactory as a partner also receives, and they're a player. So the three kind of pieces are the artist, Metafactory as tech and production partner, and then the um, Genesis auction members or the community who get involved to participate. And then we all work in concert to uh, grow that brand and introduce new products and sell those directly to individuals and, um, 
most of it is going to be limited run custom things. Um, take a very similar approach to the scarcity markets that have been seen and, and established through both again, streetwear and also kind of NFT and crypto art. Dude, I'm really interested in the tokenomics aspect that uh, you're referencing. And, and this project is really fascinating to me because uh, like Matthew said, uh, you guys are trying to weave in a lot of things that have not historically been weaved together into one like, uh, you know, coherent uh, project and everything. And, uh, and obviously from your background, man, it sounds like you know exactly what you're doing. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, so I, I know I can probably speak for Matthew as well. Like both of us are, we're, and you too, we're all like way deep in the rabbit hole. And this is like a really cool and exciting project to all of us. But I, I'm curious to know your angle uh, since you're like, you know, in the crypto aspect, in the fashion aspect, who do you see like your long-term like target demographic being like once you are, you know, trying to expand outside the rabbit hole, are you like going for fashion conscious people or mostly like crypto people who are also fashion conscious or, or where does this, where does this expand to in you know, six months or a year from now? It's a great question. And like being completely upfront, um, this is really a huge experiment. Um, it's an exploration of how, how DAOs can evolve, how community owned companies and organizations can exist and through the lens of brands and apparel brands, essentially. Um, I think there's a definite future um, in those themes. Um, and I think it's an important evolution of like commerce and of um, ownership and of, of just like this space, because um, we're, we, we tend to really focus on decentralization and the high tech primitives and protocol and all that stuff super important. Don't get me wrong, but I really think there's something about the community piece um, that is actually going to be, that has the potential to ha- like attract a mass audience in a way that the principles of decentralization and sound money might not. Um, I think most of the people who are attracted to those things are kind of already in this space. Um, and so, yeah, to, to more directly answer your question, I definitely think this is a, in its current state, it's definitely targeted at the crypto native kind of space. Um, and also that's been the reason for the focus on like the art, artists and that are already kind of have a following and a growing community in the space. Um, we believe once we, have a few of these under our belt and we've kind of seen the experiment run and we've evolved and, and learned uh, kind of what the best way to frame this and, and, and to uh, offer it to other individuals that we can slowly start to attract the, the hype beast culture and like the hype beast communities um, typically youth driven um, really into kind of hot new artists and brands um, understand kind of like the scarcity aspect, which I do believe comes from like the potential for secondary sales in those markets. But I also think that that is naturally an extension of community itself too, which is, you know, like I want to be a part of something bigger or more important than myself or exclusive and cool. Right. So, um, and so I think that there's definitely a potential to reach those and that's really on our roadmap in the sense of, um, being able to offer direct credit card payment, do the swap to stablecoin in the background. Um, 
we um, admittedly are centralizing aspects of the whole process in order to make it very straightforward and to take a lot of the heavy lifting off the user's hands with the intention of trying to extend this out to a more of a mass non-crypto native audience. Um, and I, again, I, as I touched on earlier, I think that physical apparel and tangible goods have a way to build that bridge or, or act as a gateway into this space um, for these new audiences. And it's kind of a, I look forward to that uh, kind of opportunity or that narrative of, Hey, that's a really cool shirt. Uh, yeah. Where'd you get it? You know, through this platform, blah, blah, blah. You they get involved and just because they love the apparel, they buy it. And then it's like, a, hey, you have this wallet that we've created for you. By the way, we've sent you this digital wearable. Well, what's a digital wearable? It's like, well, it's an, you know, an NFT. Well, what's an NFT? We basically, it's like, there's going to be a ton of learning for that piece, but it's through a lens and with a narrative that I think makes it a little bit easier to understand. And they're already kind of committed to the thing because they own the shirt. They own the physical goods. So now it's like, oh, cool, virtual worlds. Like, this is a thing. Like, very cool. Oh, I can, like, wear my this awesome shirt in, like, this virtual world as well as out on the street. Like, why, why not represent in both ways? Like, there's, there's a, a, a premium, a speculative premium on this stuff. Oh, there's, like, a whole market here. Like, this is, like... There's, it's uh, gamified, if you will, you know, like there's, so I think there's an opportunity to actually bring people into the space through these types of opportunities um, that are more emotionally resonant than I would argue than like a come earn 8% on your die, um, you know, like, <laughs> right. and don't get me wrong, 8% is amazing, right? It, it, yeah, it's it's amazing in today's world. Like three percent in a savings account is a freaking miracle. But I think um, for most people, it's still not enough of a carrot to like kind of get them involved and excited. And again, I think it's just again that kind of emotional resonance that's missing. Well, dude, can you walk me through like a super basic example? Because I, I definitely feel like there's an open door for someone to walk through. And, and if you guys were at NFT NYC, for example, and had a booth or something and were selling cool hoodies or, or you know, apparel, I would have absolutely bought one from you. There was nothing going on like that. But, you know, so I, I buy a hoodie, let's say for 50 bucks or whatever from you guys. I get the token. And what's your like... I'm at a conference elevator quick pitch to like sell someone on like, what, what do they do with this token once they get it? Cause I know you said like with certain things you get a like proportional share of sales and, and there's like a lot that goes into these tokens or, or maybe I'm making it more complicated than it really is. Well, um, no, to be fair, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of pieces and some of the strategies that we've talked about previously are, aspects of what we're working on the the kind of holistic mission hasn't been like directly put out a lot has been kind of teased out um partially because we've been figuring it out as we go <laughs> uh and and partially uh because there is a lot of moving pieces um and we're trying to figure out the best way to position and see how it resonates with people but there will be the physical good there will be the digital kind of wearable and complement which in and of itself is possibly a multi-piece multi NFT when you talk about uh, the avatar physics in like crypto voxels or whatnot. Um, there's NFTs related to the art that maybe the pattern of that design is based on. 
There is NFTs that will be specific and special to the members of that brand um, that the artist will create. And, you know, there'll be all these, like, it's essentially getting limited edition drops in the form of NFTs. And then, yeah, the biggest piece of this is just really the memberships, which are uh, uh, DAO shares, for those familiar with, like, that kind of that angle, um, that the users will also receive proportionate to their bids in that Genesis auction. And it's likely there will be this first auction, which is kind of the ground floor, and then there would be possibly at different phases, as decided by each brand factory, um, another auction to bring more people in, an opportunity for those who aren't interested to leave and possibly, um, you know, I guess, cash out. So there's some securities uh, explorations going on um, around what can be done and how it can be done in terms of the actual profit sharing ownership side. Um, but that's a tricky one as you guys can imagine. So like there, there's two things that I really want to do right now. First of all, like I want to join in on the, like one of these like Genesis crowdfunding auctions so I can just be involved in, in one of these brands. That's number one. But number two, like I want to buy some physical swag and I want to get my, my digital wearable, right? What is the timeline for any of these like, things that, that are that are going on? And I, I'm super excited about. I'm trying to film all about, but I'm like, when can I start? The, yeah, man, yeah. we want the things. When do we get the things? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, we've been a little bit set back uh, along with everyone else with current, you know, global situation, COVID, and everything. But um, we have a. Uh, we're shooting for the 10th of this month. So basically 10 days to start the Metafactory Genesis um, brand Genesis auction. Um, that'll probably be a 10 day. Um, we're looking, we're going to explore between seven and 10 day auctions. So it's kind of like an extended thing because we want to give people a chance to, to discover and get in shortly following that we'll be doing um, twisted vacancies brand and first Genesis auction. Um, and uh, that is, I'm very excited for. They're, I mean, both are going to be awesome. Um, we've teased out the bomber jacket, which is a pretty cool reversible um, bomber uh, for the Metafactory one. Uh, no one's really seen the twisted design yet. Um, we have uh, work and, and, and designs already done for Van and, and Alada as well. Uh, Skinny's getting like started to do some pretty amazing stuff as, as well. Uh, we've actually made wearables for most of these already as well. So um, a lot of the heavy lifting on that side is done. It's more just been cleaning up the tech, uh, testing, and also yeah, frame, like doing some kind of general market research and and how to frame these things and structure them on a legal business marketing. Like perspective to make sure we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves. And as you guys know, like it's easy when you're in the rabbit hole or down the rabbit hole to kind of like fall, um, you know, fall uh, victim to the echo chamber, if you will. Uh, so it's important to kind of like be putting this stuff in front of the non crypto natives and getting their take and all that stuff. But yeah, looking pretty soon, hopefully we'll have actually, one, if not two auctions um, done in this next month. So um, 
and probably looking to keep that kind of cadence up moving forward. Um, and initially we're going to be focused like on Genesis kind of, uh, initial brand creation auctions. And then those brand factories themselves are going to start deciding to do secondary drops, uh, you know, tertiary drops and, or some of that stuff might be direct to sale. Um, it might be again, auction format. So we're going to, it's going to kind of start to evolve quickly and, the other cool thing, we think by having an aggregate marketplace, we're going to be able to enable better discovery and audience growth and kind of participation for everybody involved versus an artist trying to spin up a store directly and kind of sell direct to it. What type of apparel are you focusing on, at least initially, or, or types of apparel? Because um, I know you're trying to pour it into crypto voxels, and multiple conversations have been had about how difficult pants are to pour it into crypto voxels, and how they're just <laughs> they're just not in style right now in, in crypto voxels. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So, yeah, what, what's your like main? Uh, I, I know you mentioned the bomber jacket. Are you going mostly like t-shirts, jackets types of things? I know you you rolled out the socks demo. Yeah, the, um, the the bomber jacket is really also kind of showing other artists how you can really push the envelope because like that is a reversible. It's got like light and dark mode. So like the, the front is white and it's got like kind of this vaporwave throwback uh, uh, graphics and the black is more like cyberpunk-ish kind of with like a different pattern. And, um, you know, that we have a nicer like silk like button-up tees we have hoodie we have a long sleeve shirt we have someone working on a kimono um like socks are always on the table shoes basically nothing is off limits um shoes are a tricky one because of like size like the huge sizing range and also fit but um yeah generally nothing's really off the table um the, the more custom kind of crazy things, there's longer lead times. And since a lot of this is like kind of crowdfunding made to order, um, it'll be possibly like a good wait between the, the original order and like when you get your thing. But that's also like kind of, you know, nature of the beast with the limited run. Um, but yeah, it's all over the place. No one, uh, no one's really done pants yet. I know um, Hamad, who's our creative director, uh, Meta Dreamer. Um, and the individual who did most of the design for our bomber, the Metafactory bomber, um, he wants to do some joggers next. So there will be some pants. CryptoVoxels is a tricky one because of, again, as I mentioned, the avatar physics. You kind of have to like piece together longer sleeve uh, uh, tops. You also have to work within, there's current limitations around like seven, only seven um, uh, wearables at a time, which should seem like a lot, but when you're talking about multiple pieces for a shirt or for a, for a pair of pants, it kind of breaks down fast. <laughs> so, um, and I have no doubt Ben and kind of CryptoVoxels team are, are hearing that stuff and they're looking at the future and exploration of this stuff. Um, we've been speaking with Decentraland. Uh, they're obviously keen to open up UGC, especially around wearables, but uh, haven't really been able to get a clear answer as to when or how they're going to do that. They keep kind of deferring to we're, we're creating a DAO. Um, talk with the Somnium team uh, and CEO around their kind of virtual world space and, and getting involved with them. We really would love to 
like be agnostic in the sense of like those platforms we support. Obviously we're partnered with the sandbox, which has like their kind of gaming platform come out. And we might, um, we're strongly exploring also general, uh, digital asset creation and possibly avatar creation, uh, generally beyond just like the wearable component. Cause we see again, like fashion is about to be redefined. Um, if you, if you think about the possibilities of a brand being both a digital and a physical brand. Um, and if metaverse and virtual worlds are going to just continue to grow and be forced to grow due to current like situations like we're in, um, it, it kind of seems like a natural evolution that you'd see brands that would cater to both and kind of walk that line. So that's, we're kind of hoping to empower brands and show them how that's possible and evolve with these platforms. Yeah, I've seen some of the the initial, I guess, wearables from Metafactory. I know Sinkos has been and rocking that a lot. He's he's awesome. Want to try to get my hands on any of these digital wearables as soon as possible? Like, I I just want to find a way for you guys to take my money. Basically. <laughs> we'll we'll keep you posted. Yeah, um, there's on on our website right now. We've got an email capture. So for you guys, for the audience, obviously. Um, go ahead, get, you know, sign up and we'll keep you guys posted. We're going to do some longer lead times going into each auction where we're kind of hyping it up and we'll do a slow reveal of, of the Genesis product. And you know, that there will obviously be a complimentary wearable with that. Um, and then the auction itself, it's kind of, you know, you can bid at the kind of reserve price if you just want to get the items and you're not so keen on membership, but if you see that potential for this brand to grow and thrive, um, bidding up higher to get a higher proportionate share of membership and therefore kind of ownership um, is, you know, that's on the table for as a, like as a potential for you as well. Yeah, and it's cool that it's going to start happening pretty soon on the tenth of, yeah. of of April. So that's sweet. But I, I kind of want to go back to a point that you you mentioned before, where okay, we have the brand designer the the artist who, who founds it, right? And then we have the community that will buy into it initially. And then there's also the Metafactory, which will have a stake. I'm just wondering if what the ownership stake going to be. Um, there's going to be a 40% share for the artist, 10% for Metafactory, and then the remaining 50% will be divvied up amongst the community. Will that be predefined, or is that going to be specific to each brand? Uh, probably both in the sense that... Um artists may have a take or want, you know, like there might be, um, they might want to own more of this themselves or they might directly want to explore the community side and give more up to kind of the, the members. Um, Metafactory will have a minority, but a fairly substantial stake simply because of like the work done in facilitating all the stuff. Um, we also have to consider our production partners and taking care of them both on like the, um, the cost of goods and the, like uh, their take. So um, the exact numbers will probably be specific to each individual brand factory, but will be defined ahead of time. So people participating will obviously like know what they're buying into and what, what the offer is. Right. So. Dude, I have a slightly uh, unrelated question about the uh, correlation between the physical and digital goods and everything. And, and I'd read the Medium article that you guys put out a little while ago about, I guess you got a silicone chip that you guys believe in that is going to go into your 
physical products that will be that will correspond with the uh, digital products. And uh, wait, well, before I finish, do I have that correct, or is that is that not the case? Yeah, yes. Um, if you guys are familiar, it's nothing we've created to give credit where it's due. Um, if you're familiar with the the Kong Cash team, um, the guys who have made uh, currency like uh, paper, like plastic currency that have the chips directly on them, they're kind of almost like cold wallet currency in a way. Um, we're collaborating with them and we're looking to use their actually their chips in our garments to have like, yeah, this link between the digital and physical pieces. Well, and so I don't understand like a ton about how that would work. So, but the, as soon as I read that the first thing in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, once society gets back to normal, how is everybody on the streets of like NYC not selling a chip that like, you know, corresponds to their shirt that, you know, syncs to the blockchain or, or whatever. And I'm sure you guys have thought this through and have some angle on to, you know, counterfeit prevention or, uh, you know, making sure this thing works as you anticipated. But I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on on that subject. Yeah, I mean, they've put a tremendous amount of R&D into creating a secure enclave essentially attached to an NFC. Um, So uh, we'll probably be leveraging actually their app directly, um, which a user can basically scan, uh, associate their physical item upon receipt with their, the wallet um, that kind of controls or has the NFT and their number, you know, what, you know, they got number one or two associated to it. Um, so it's really more about tracking the metadata and uh, the chain of history around ownership and various things, really solving the like, um, the tracking of like the digital with the physical is pretty tricky um, it's not really a, a problem we're focused on. Um, if someone wants to sell the jacket and keep the NFT, it's kind of their prerogative and vice versa. We don't want to necessarily restrict NFTs from being sold or wearables from being sold um, by others. That's kind of, again, that's part of the beauty of tokenized goods, right? Um, but um, there is, I guess, something to be said for being able to have this tracking benefit and um, especially when it comes to a collect from a collector standpoint, if you can be like, I'm, this is item number one. I've been the only owner. I still directly own the NFT and the collectible or, or, and the wearable that comes with it. You know, like that in 10 years, if a brand is still successful or if, even if it's not, but the artist behind it is, you know, now successful or, you know, bigger than they were the potential there could be, could be large. Um, other interesting thing, just in general, um, exploration around what can be done with these chips, we can do airdrops directly to the physical item, uh, and to that enclave. Uh, we can do like an anniversary drop or say CV updates things where wearables are rigged and they can be a single piece versus a multi. We could just do an update and be like, here's your jacket all as one now, you know? <laughs> so um, it, it, the other cool stuff is because of what's available, technically there's an, an exploration around actually having act as a kind of like a crude wallet as well. So we would love to get to a point where we're able to actually offer um, apparel that have 
basically uh, kind of baseline wallet features built right in. Um, you could, you know, that there's a lot of really exciting things that we've been talking with the Kong team about that we could do. Um, and yeah, it's, again, it's another place for us to explore, experiment and um, see how we can't evolve these ideas of, of fashion and, and what this, what they could be as like we move into this immersive digital future. I love how like the individual physical pieces or physical apparel will serve as, as wallets that will connect users to like this digital metaverse and allow the, the designers to kind of reward the folks who have purchased all these items uh, heading forward in the future, enhancing the experience that people have, not just with their physical product, but in that uh, evolving opening uh, metaverse. That's <laughs> super exciting to all of us. Because I know you mentioned, and I know you already have, like a sick build in voxels. You're talking with the folks at Decentraland to try to work something out. Uh, sandbox is there. I scooped uh, an estate and some some land recently in the the past two crowd sales. Um, but like, what are what are your plans? Like, what's your vision of what the metaverse will end up being uh, to take it to a more higher level? That's a fun one. Uh, <laughs> um... You know, I really see all these independent platforms as layers uh, against the the bigger vision, if you want to think of it as Snow Crash or Ready Player One, or um, I think Metaverse actually as, as a term was birthed from Snow Crash. Um, but yeah, I, I like each of them kind of have their own focuses, uh, their own values, pros and cons, benefits, I've already seen, and it's this has been really exciting for me, is I think it was actually Ben or someone on the CryptoVoxel side talking about, hey, let's create a standard for wearables or let's create a, you know, like starting to think about the interoperability of these platforms because, you know, metaverse is thrown around a lot and like, you know, people have their own definitions, but it's that the real metaverse or point is when they're that kind of full interoperability and immersive across world experience um, really kind of evolves and, and comes into light. Um, you know, sandbox seems to be more gaming game experience focused. Um, CV is really kind of captured the artistic and, and collector um, side of things. Uh, I think also because of the, raw nature of it all it really appeals to creators makers um decentraland has got all their a lot like a little bit more of the polish and you know they've they've been around for longer and as a result of that they're a lot of the the land sales been open and so it's almost they've attracted kind of like the more economic minded the land speculators the trying to think through, you know, it's like, and it's, it's, you know, a, a more uh, immersive for virtual world, Somnium with its huge focus on just the VR side and like that, you know, so, and I can, you can see the convergence of all this stuff potentially in the future, um, even with artistic styles being uh, different with like one, one being voxel based, one being more like unity based and whatnot. But um, I, I think it's inevitable. You're looking at an opportunity for a completely new untapped economic landscape to emerge. Um, I have no doubt there will be jobs in the future where people will be like, I'm going to work and they'll throw on their VR headset. 
And that will be like their whole world will live within that space. Um, and, you know, a lot of what we're, you know, building today is foundation for, for that stuff. And I, I have no end, like, especially when you're, you're looking at everything that exists basically in the physical world can re- be rebuilt in the, the uh, digital space. We've actually had these conversations internally a lot around um, even food, um, maybe not from a substance or substance standpoint, but as an economic game or uh, a means of scarcity or unit of account. Sure. Why not? So like it's, I, I, my vision for this stuff, I've kind of seen the light. I've been down the rabbit hole and I think that it's inevitable and it's going to be the wildest things we've thought of in sci-fi or read in books, I think will be surprised by where, uh, you know, human creativity and innovation are able to take it. Um, I just, you know, it's, it's on us to craft it in the, the light and like the, the vision we want to see it be. Um, and kind of, that's why I'm really excited to kind of empower and elevate creators and people who are really leading the stuff, this conversation and also give communities that are trying to support and get involved the opportunity to participate as well and help like kind of push this, this narrative in new ways. So, Dude, we need to hang out more often, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm like right there with you. Dude, I, I know we're coming to a, a close here and everything. Um, always curious to hear what uh, what's in people's Ethereum wallets that's like unrelated to whatever they're currently working on. Just like little stuff you've picked up or are collecting on the side or any interesting projects that, uh, you know, you scooped up some stuff. Uh, what, do you, what do you got going on in there? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm all across the board. Um, obviously I'm an art collector. I have like quite a few pieces I'm excited and proud about. Um, virtual lands. Yeah. N- number of plots. Um, still, still holding on to some, uh, dare I say shit coins from like the, you know, 2017, just the hope is, um, you know, and, uh, obviously like, there are a lot of projects um, that I've yeah, that I still support, um, or you know I you know hold coins for. It's I guess it's just my my mindset has really just shifted a, a lot away from just the the huge focus on finance and fintech and an evolution of fintech to community and these kind of like opportunities around governance and and like commerce. Um, I just, I feel like there's something more there that hasn't been explored as much as it could or should be. Um, so those like, that's really been like my focus recently. And on that, um, you know, topic, I'd say like one of the things that I love and we're also part of, it's a spinoff of Meta Cartel, but, um, what's happening with Metagame um, and the creation of basically this massive online coordination game. They're essentially gamifying life. Um, they have their own kind of reputation token uh, called Seeds. So that's like, you know, in terms of what's in the wallet and stuff. So that's like, a, that's a big one. Um, and this is kind of like RuneScape meets real life. <laughs> uh, and like, they, if you think what we're doing at Metafactory is kind of crazy and wild, you'd love what they're up to. So <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like, I'd say that's kind of the, the main, you know, main focus at the moment. 
So for the folks at home that are listening who are FOMOing out of control, like trying to figure out, okay, when, when am I going to be able to invest in all of this and scoop these, these dope physical and digital products? Like what are the, the channels that they should be following to make sure that they're up to date and current with all the announcements that they need to be aware of? Sure. Yeah. Um, Twitter, we're pretty active um, at the Meta Factory. Um, we have a Genesis group on Telegram. That's um, that's pretty active uh, off and on. I think as we get closer to launch and we get things going, it's going to become more so. Um, you can join that. We have obviously a website, which is metafactory.ai. Um, they can sign up for you can sign up for drops there, um, and then we'll probably be uh, launching an Instagram soon, going into kind of our first options as well. So, um, yeah, those are the main the main channels. Sweet. I'll make sure to, to link to all of them in the show notes so folks can follow everything that they need to to stay up to date. And well, Drew, it's been a fascinating talk. I, I really can't wait to see all of this get put into action. We're, we're right at that point, it seems. So very excited there. Um, we'll be following both yourself and Metafactory closely. Plus, I mean, Metacartel is the shit. So we'll be keeping tabs on all the, the projects that they're involved in. So thank you very much for your time. And yeah, keep on building, man. I appreciate it, guys. It was great talking to you. Yeah, man. Likewise. Cheers. Hey everybody, it's Matthew again, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Drew Harding, co-founder of The Metafactory, as much as we did recording it. Apologies on the sound quality on my end. We'll be back with the crisp, beautiful sounding uh, microphone from next week. And uh, heading forward in the next couple of weeks, our pipeline of special interviews is is looking really, really stacked. Next week, we'll be speaking with Sebastian and Nathan, who are working on the sandbox, which is the user-generated virtual reality world. After that, we have a very special episode with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Connie Digital. And we'll also be speaking with someone from the Rare Arts Festival in the weeks to come. So look out for all those episodes. And as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts at and recommend it to any friends whom you think would really enjoy this sort of content. And make sure you look out for the new scent that's dropping on Monday, 420. And with that, we'll see you next week. Scent on.